What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm gonna go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. It's you and on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with the lovely and talented Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results. Hey, Mimi. Good morning. Hello. So happy to hear you. And then coming, uh, coming to us from the great up north, is that where he uh, is? I don't know where he is. But uh, so Phil Olson is with us from Cross Country Mortgage. Hello, Phil. Good morning, guys. Hi. Yes, I'm up at Leech Lake, overlooking the lake as I'm talking to you. Gotcha. Well, let's start with your MNLS, NMLS numbers, please. All right. NMLS, 238-103, company NMLS, 3029, cross-country mortgage. Absolutely fabulous to have you both here as we talk about what's going on in the market out there. So are we still just crazy busy? Everything is still kicking right along. Okay. Um, things really haven't changed that much from last week as far as statistics go. Um, we're still median sales price right around 350 We still have about 1.4 months of inventory, and our sellers are getting about 104 and something and some change over asking price. And days on market are right around 18, 19 days. Okay. Um, so all that's pretty pretty flat from last week. And we're imagining that that's going to stay pretty consistent uh, going into fall. Uh, Phil, what are you seeing from the mortgage side of things? Uh, mortgage interest rates are still hovering in the low twos to the very low threes. Depending on the product, uh, I locked a rate here this week on a 15-year purchase at basically 2%. Uh, did a cash-out refinance on a 30-year fixed up to 80% at 3 and an eighth. Rates have stayed pretty, pretty, pretty flat, but I'm a little bit concerned based on inflation. I'm also concerned on what the Fed is saying regarding the purchasing of mortgage-backed securities. So, I think we're we're in a position right now where rates could start climbing here fairly soon. Okay. Um, so can you kind of break that down a little bit, uh, like Economics 101, with the mortgage-backed securities and how that affects your world and rates? Uh, great question. So mortgage-backed securities are, are, we're talking about the bond market, we're talking about the, the 10-year Treasury note, we're talking about the Fannie Mae, 2.530 year. Those are, it is bonds that I'm watching consistently, uh, every 15 to 30 minutes to see what movement they have. Uh, we've been, like I said, we've been fairly flat, but the, the concern I have is the Federal Reserve is really beginning to feel that this inflation is not transitory. Okay. And if that's the case, which that's what they've been saying for months. They feel it's transitory. But unfortunately, I think we've got inflation to stay for a while. And the only way that the Federal Reserve using monetary policy can kind of put the brakes on inflation is by increasing the prime rate. And okay. once they start increasing the prime rate, that means that 
It'll affect the bond market. It'll also affect student loans, car loan payments, home equity loans. But eventually, that will trickle down to the mortgage-backed securities, causing mortgage-backed securities to go up. Now, that's on the inflation side. On the mortgage-backed security side, the Federal Reserve has basically been uh, purchasing all the mortgages here now for probably about the last two years, every single one. And they're talking about doing a pullback to where they don't buy the mortgage-backed securities. When that happens, investors, the private market will have to come into play. And at that point in time, they will not buy those bonds at the very low rates they are, which will cause mortgage interest rates to rise. Okay. So there's a little economics 101. Okay. Well, I seem to recall that from uh, junior year of high school. <laughs> it's well been done. a while. Mr. Frohmeyer, <laughs> throwback to you. Um, so... <laughs> Phil, you know, in all seriousness, so that's a lot to, to to really take in if you don't follow that sort of world. And I know you mentioned in your in your little dissertation there that you kind of monitor that about every 30 minutes. And so yeah. let's say you're watching that and what type of movement are you looking for? Um, I'm looking for movement that's that's equal to about an eighth of a percent you can figure that's about 40 basis points of the bond market, either up or down. Mm -hmm. Uh, We love seeing the bond market go up. Guess what? When the bond market goes up, mortgage interest rates go down. So, I mean, um, during 9-11, we saw a 200-point shift in one day. Well, 200 points divided by 40 is what? Five-eighths of a percent interest rates either went up or went down based on that that significant event. Okay. And so when you see that one eighth of a tick and you're, what goes off in your mind and uh, who do you start contacting to let them know that this is happening? I'll start talking to all my clients that are not locked or are in construction loans. Um, construction loans, there's a, there's a bigger uh, risk side on a construction, considering sometimes your build cycle is anywhere from 120 days, and it could be out on a million-dollar home out to a year. Um, you know, I'm not a big proponent of long extended lock, extended locks, but I stay in contact with my clients. I also have it is a mortgage alert system that I can actually have my clients sign up for. So they can actually be watching the bond market as I watch it. But I get an alert on my computer screen every 15 minutes. Okay, so you're a little bit like a stockbroker in that regard. Um, So somebody sees that a rate has dropped or that that it's going up. And and so there is great concern. Let's just say that you're right on the cusp. And I know you don't take people all the way up to the limit. But let's just say that the the mortgage rate is close of putting you out of qualification for your home that you want. How often do you see something like that happen? I mean, I have seen it where clients have have gone up to the absolute maximum that they can go. And if if they're at their absolute maximum, I'm going to encourage them to lock immediately, even if we lock on a 45 or 60-day lock. Because an eighth of a percent increase or a quarter of a percent increase in rate could actually cause their loan to be denied. So what is a what do you mean when you say you're going to have them lock? Like what can they do to make sure that they stay at that rate so you can lock it in? 
That, that's a great question. All lenders have uh, specific lock rate terms. I can do as little as a 15-day lock. And when I say lock, that means your rate is guaranteed during that 15-day time period, which means either that refinance or that purchase has to close during that time. Okay. Now, at CCM, we basically have a free 45-day lock. All right, so I lock most of my purchases on 40 days, even though they're going to close in 30. And you might go, well, why are you closing on a 45? Well, what happens when something happens in the inspection? What happens when something comes up with the appraisal? What happens when the seller's spouse goes into the hospital and they can't close on that 30th day? Mm -hmm. By me doing that extended lock for an additional 15 days, it gives us the leeway and the maneuverability to basically make the transaction happen without affecting their their mortgage rate. Okay, so Phil, I think that what a lot of folks may not know is that you have that that window. So you have different windows of locks. And so you have the 15, you have the 45 that you just explained. But what other lock options do people have? And do they pay more for those options? That's, That's a great question. Uh, yeah, you're going to pay more on a 60-day lock over a 45-day lock. Uh, you're probably going to pay 25 basis points for that extended lock. Now, what's 20, 25 basis points? If you've got a loan amount of 200000 you multiply that 0.25, which means their closing costs for the extended lock would go up by $500. Now, the maximum lock that we have available to myself is 180 days. But for a 180-day lock, it's probably going to cost them three-eighths to a half a percent higher interest rate than current market rate for that specific lock. Okay, so... Because keep it... Go ahead. Why would somebody choose a 180-day lock? Is that something that you see with new construction? That would be for new construction. That would be for the client that has a very, very low risk tolerance, that would be a conversation for me to have with that client, all right? Uh, Sometimes people on a fixed income that are building, they can't afford a half a percent increase to their interest rate. So that's where maybe a 180-day lock might come into play. But with something like that, the client is going to have to pay at least a 1% lock fee now, that 1% lock fee then gets applied to their overall closing costs at time of close. Okay, so that's... And that a, has to be paid up front. Okay, that was my next question. Does that need to be paid up front, or can they roll that into their mortgage? That has to be paid up front with a check. Okay. okay. And it, let's just say that they're very, very tight on, on the money that they have to bring to the table. Can they get a gift for that? Sure. Okay. Gift. Gifts can be used. Gifts can be used for all products that I have available to me, conventional, USDA, VA, FHA, Minnesota housing, you name it. I can use gifted funds, but there's different regulations and rules for every one of those products. Okay. Well, you know, all of this is really interesting. And I think for me as a, a real estate professional, and even for you, Miss Shannon, who's right. bought and sold real estate, that really getting a better understanding of all these little nuances 
really helps, I think, for consumers because it's maybe something that you've never thought about when you hear terms that you maybe don't understand, like lock, or maybe you didn't know that you that there's a window of time and that if you do it faster, it's less expensive. Right. Or if you have to go long, it's going to cost you more money. And I think that all of those little details make make feeling more comfortable in your real estate transaction Absolutely. and mortgage transaction makes everybody feel a little bit better about things. Right. Well, right. we are going to take our break now. We'll come back. We have some more information about what's going on here in the market, courtesy of our friend Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage and Mimi Shoneman from the REMAX results. If you have any questions, you can be part of the show. Call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results. Also, Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. It's a good day for you to call and be part of the show. If you have any of those questions that have just been weighing on your mind, let's just get them out of your mind and actually to the experts. So call us at 651 641 1071. So we're going to talk a little bit about divorce. Okay. Um, you know, Phil and I have worked with many, many divorce, divorcing couples. And, you know, with COVID and all of the things that are going on in the world, the stresses, it really taking its toll on relationships, right. unfortunately. Um, actually, the Minnesota divorce rate uh, in 2018 was just 7.1%, and now in 20. 21 it's up to 10 percent. so you can see that that's rising all across the board um phil do you have any statistics on divorce that you'd like to share well i'm gonna i'm gonna do a a world divorce statistic which i thought was really interesting they're stating that in the united states 34 percent in the rise of the sales of basic divorce agreements and what does that mean? People are Googling divorce decrees and doing them themselves. And that type of service is up 34%. And guess what? They're seeing the same similar pattern in China. Fascinating. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know what to make of that correlation, but okay, we'll accept that. Um, so people are need, are trying to do their own divorces, which I, you know, I'm not an attorney. So I have nothing to gain by this statement, but that's a bad idea. Well, I, I mean, if you have kids, I, you know, I, I, I was married to that person that was like, well, we can just do it ourselves. I'm like, no, no. So everybody is, has their own comfortability level on things that they're willing yeah. to do themselves. So that's penny saved dollar short. I think so. Well, I anyway. think maybe what we might be seeing from that. And again, I am not a psychologist as well. I think they're seeing more of those conscious uncouplings where it's like, okay, I don't hate you. I just don't want to be married to you anymore. And so maybe if you're in that scenario, you think that you can just figure out an equitable way to do it yourself. So, but there's ways, there's certain things that you still need to go did I Google this right question regarding our combined property, right? Because if you have a home together, we've talked about this before where we've thought, thought people thought they could just sign themselves off something. Okay, Phil, I want you to just pull, put your little thinking cap on right now and think about a couple that you may have worked with that did their own divorce and it went really, really bad. Well, I, I have one that was about a year ago, and it was a couple that, that did a divorce with the understanding that 
they were going to sell their house. Believe it or not, they both lived in the same house that they were still divorced in. And they basically, one lived in the basement, one lived upstairs. And they wanted it is to sell the house and buy another house. And they actually had their house sold when they called me. And when they called me, they both wanted to buy a different home. Well, in the divorce decree, there were children in the, in the divorce decree, and she was receiving child support. One was 16, the other one was 17, and she was receiving, it is $1,350 a month in child support. And then she called me wanting to use that to help qualify for a mortgage. Unfortunately, unfortunately she was not aware of the mortgage rule that child support has to continue for a period of three years after the date of purchase. And since they were both 16 and 17, and the child support would have stopped at the age of 18 and emancipation, Mm -hmm. uh, had she called me, I might have told her, maybe you're better off negotiating alimony. Because alimony, if the alimony continued for longer than three years over the child support, she would have been able to use those funds. Unfortunately, both clients could not qualify for a new mortgage, uh, even though the house was sold, based on credit and based on lack of income to qualify. Okay, so there's there's several different lessons in this story. Uh, The first one is to call and talk with us before you do any of these things and run the scenarios through Phil. I mean, Phil, you've had the experience of being on the front end and the back end of a divorce and you know, a lot of things you've dealt with a lot of paperwork, you know what to look for, you know what the qualifications are. And so if this person or persons had contacted you, when should they have contacted you? I would have said when they, when prior to them even meeting with the lawyer, if they know what their short and their long-term goals are, because if, and I've actually had divorced couples sit in my office and we've chatted through what the spouse wants, what the other spouse wants. And at that point in time, I help them with specific bullet points that they're going to want to try to get negotiated with the either a facilitator, a negotiator, or if they're, if they're going to court, then, then both lawyers. Right. But at least I can give them the insight of, of here are your red flags. If you want to get off if the house, you, here's what you have to have happen. Those kind of things. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. So let's just say that um, they contacted you before they put the house on the market. And they told you, we want to sell this house. We're both employed right now. Um, We have two children. And what would be the right order to put things? Um, Should we pull cash out and do get get a, you know, second on the house in order to fund the two purchases? Or should we one of us purchase and the other one refinance? Or is it really better for us? to sell this one asset and take the proceeds and then move on our way 
and hopefully be able to qualify. But you and I have talked about this before, that it's oftentimes more easy to qualify for a mortgage when, you know, both people are married mm-hmm. and you've got the same debt to income and you've got different criteria when you're together and two earners. Correct, Phil? Correct. Well, I, I mean, the, the question you're posing has so many different facets to it, Mimi. Uh, but if if I could just tell uh, people out there that are contemplating getting a divorce or contemplating getting a separation, they're better off talking to me before that even starts. Right. Because there are specific rules and regulations for every single one. It's easier. It is much easier to get a mortgage when you're in a separation. Once you're in a divorce proceeding and you've got lawyers at play, the lawyers are going to tell both parties not to do anything. I would rather even tell the client when they're in the middle of a divorce, get through the divorce and then let's, let's facilitate a refinance transaction or it is a sale transaction or a purchase transaction. Um, unfortunately, when there's a divorce, we as mortgage lenders and yes, title companies. I was going to okay, say title. A, a title company, we cannot move forward without the divorce. And the divorce decree is like a Bible. Okay. And that Bible tells us the guidelines that we have to follow. And we must follow them to the T because it's a court order. Mm-hmm. And I've literally had people that have told me after they divorced that we don't need to do this or I don't need to buy my spouse out. But yet in the divorce decree, it specifically says you have to buy the spouse out for $50,000. Right. And yes, the title company is going to say, hold one, folks. Okay, Phil. There's no 50000 for the other person. We're heading into a break, and we'll come back, and we'll continue on with our divorce topic. Right. We can also take your questions. Call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results. Also, Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. So, um, I want to remind everybody that they can always text you if they have any specific questions, right, Mimi? You can always text uh, real estate or mortgage to 651 651- Five seven eight two two one eight. Right, um, and ask any question anytime, day or night. Right. All right, Phil. So we're talking a little bit about divorce and some of the things that you help folks go through when they're trying to qualify for a mortgage and go through that process. And and we've worked with a few divorcing couples together uh, on both sides of that. So um, one of the things that you talk about. Uh, that you maybe suggest to them is to consider doing what's called a quasi separation agreement. And I know that you've told me that even sometimes some attorneys don't really know about that whole process. So why don't you start by explaining what that is and how that could possibly be a solution? It will, it's a document that looks like a divorce decree, but it's a separation agreement that breaks out all both sides assets, both sides' income, children, if there's going to be alimony, if there's going to be child support, or if there's going to be some form of basic subsidy to another partner. But it's, it's like a divorce decree. It can be drafted by the consumers, 
uh, that basically lays out what their intentions are during the separation. Now, that document cannot be used if they're in a full-blown divorce proceeding already. That's already before the court. So this is something that could be done in the middle to help facilitate either a refinance buyout or a sale and two purchases. But if they get too far involved into the divorce, that a quasi-separation agreement will not work. Now, in a buyout situation, anytime we provide cash to a consumer, it is considered a cash-out transaction. Now, that completely flip-flops, though, if there's a divorce. In the divorce, it says I have to buy out one party. That then becomes what's called a marital lien. And believe it or not, a marital lien payoff, so in other words, you've got a first mortgage, and now you've got a marital lien. If we pay both of those off, it's no longer a cash-out transaction, and now the interest rate gets better for the consumer. Okay, Phil. Well, we have a caller, and um, we want to make sure we took time to take their call. Absolutely. And we always encourage you, whatever questions you have regarding your uh, mortgage or real estate needs, we encourage you to be part of the show. The number is 651-641-1071. Christina, thank you very much for calling the show. What's your question for Phil and Mimi? Well, my question is whether it's a good idea to have my home professionally staged or not. I'm selling a house in Minneapolis. Uh, in about a month, we'll be listing it, and I think the selling price will be somewhere in the mid to high 200s, but I'm um, on the fence about whether or not I should hire a professional stager to stage it because it's going to be completely empty. Okay. Well, uh, that's an excellent question. And so one of the things that you might want to explore with your real estate professional is what are the other homes that are around you? What, what do they look like um, that are selling? Um, in that price range right now, what I would suggest is that there's probably a good chance that you'll be just fine uh, keeping it empty. Um, sometimes people have told us that they even find it's easier to imagine themselves in a space when it, when it is empty so they can just absolutely place the furniture that they have in the space mentally. Um, another thing that, that we often do is virtual staging. Um, but I would say that you just want to figure out whether or not that's a, a cost-benefit um, that whether that's going to do you any favors in that price point, I think you'll be fine either way. Excellent. Thank you. You're so welcome. Good luck on the sale of your home. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it, it is really, you know, one of those things where it's like, yeah, you want to wow your buyers, but when the inventory is so low in that price point, uh, you know, depending on what that's going to cost, is there really going to be a, a good return on investment? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, Phil. Let's talk about, let's tell a story. <laughs> sure. Okay. What kind of story would you like me to tell you? I've got, I've got a couple already. I've got a refi of the month, which is a divorce buyout, if you want to hear about. Or uh, we can do a, uh, uh, a purchase horror story, if you'd like oh, to hear. Oh, can I pick? You pick. Uh, let's do the horror story first. Aww. Let's hear them fix something. Fix something. Let's Phil. do that first. Come on, Phil. Uh, well, I wish I could tell you I could fix this, oh, but boyfriend, okay. boyfriend and girlfriend, their fiancés purchased a home using grandmother's money for the down payment, 100% gifted fund. The boyfriend's income was 70% of the income used to qualify. 
the boyfriend, one year after they moved in, they decided to split up. He left the state. And then the girlfriend calls me after being three months delinquent on the mortgage. Unfortunately, there was nothing that can be done in this situation unless the girlfriend would bring on, say, a mother or a father to maybe buy the house. But once you're 90 days delinquent on a mortgage, there's an automatic one-year waiting period. Uh, so unfortunately, because they stopped making the mortgage payments, that they're basically almost in a pre-foreclosure situation. Gotcha. Okay, so moral of that story is call. Call sooner. As soon mm-hmm. as you start seeing that there's an issue. Because right. let me just tell you from my perspective, when I'm hearing this story, don't let your house go into foreclosure. There's too many people who want to buy it. Um, sell it. Call mm-hmm. us so that we can help you. And even if you can't sell it for what you owe on it, we could also then do a short sale. Um, we don't love short sales. Nobody right. does, but it still can be done. Don't let your house go into foreclosure. There's no point to it. Right. And you can recover much faster from a short sale than you can from a foreclosure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I have a happy story. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Phil and I worked with a divorcing couple and they were, they got along great. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a happy story. Um, but they lived in the same house and they had a lot of things and they were very, very overwhelmed. Okay. They, they got along, they had a family. Um, they wanted to, they wanted to move their separate ways. They wanted to sell this house and each of them get their own house. But they were so overwhelmed with clutter yes. that they didn't know what to do. And so what we did is we went over and we connected them with one of our preferred home organizers. And they began that process of decluttering mm-hmm. and taking and, and organizing and getting things out of the space. Yes. And preparing to sell. So what we did, both of them did that. They We emptied the space. We did some light staging and sold the house. And then both of them purchased their own homes. Wonderful. And mm-hmm. Phil, you helped with that mortgage per- purchase. And quasi-separation agreement, yes or no? Did we use a quasi-separation agreement? You I did. I believe we did. Yes, okay. you did. Yep. And yep. can you elaborate on that? Well, it was, it was, it was something that... Uh, I, I negotiated basically, I didn't negotiate. I talked through with one of the bar, with one of the borrowers. The other borrower then conveyed my messages to the other person. Okay. I do believe I did talk with that other person once, but basically we took, uh, a document off of the internet, which then they modified to themselves. And we basically started breaking out assets, liabilities, income, possession of properties. We had verbiage put in there that basically says that if one party buys a property, the other party has no bearing on the other property and has no uh, equity in that property. Okay. I think the document in the end turned out to be maybe 10 pages long. But they were able to get that completed. It did not take them that long because they were very organized. I think we had that document within 48 to 72 hours, maybe, if I remember. It was very fast. So basically, Um, you either need to work this out before you get divorced 
or wait until everything is all spelled out. You have to make sure that you're handling the 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 property the right way. In Minnesota, okay. it takes one to buy and two people must sell. So, you know, you have to agree on who's going to own that. Because okay. let's say that you're married and you you guys have this one property together, but you're buying new properties before you're divorced. Well, in Minnesota, it says that, you know, one person can buy, but both of them have to, to sell. So you have to figure that piece out okay. ahead of time. Right, Phil? Exactly. And, and, and here's where I see a lot of mistakes are made by people is they're not thinking about life after divorce. Mm-hmm. They're just thinking, they're just thinking about, I need to get away from this person as quickly as possible. I just want this done. And when I just want this done. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of mistakes are made. I think there's also a lot of assumptions. People assume that they'll qualify for another home when they may not. Um, uh, let's say an example might be they have a home, but the ex-spouse took out a home equity on the property and the other person doesn't even know that there's a home equity against the home, meaning there's, there's no equity left in the property. Okay. And we won't find that out until we pull title on, on a property. And we always make sure that we're running an O&E report, which an owner's and encumbrance report that we get from the title department, and that shows us what what we can see on public record. Um, It's not going to be the 100% pull of a a title search, but it is definitely a good snapshot so you can kind of see ahead of time. Phil, where are you able to get visibility on what's showing up on the mortgage when you pull credit? Um, On credit, credit sometimes will, I mean, I would say 90% of the time credit will show mortgages against a specific property but every now and then uh there will be a mortgage out there that's no longer even reported or the specific vendor doesn't report it uh other things though that come into play that i don't see on credit would be judgment liens uh those types of things that might be encumbering the property but that's that's where i make contact with my title person right away in the process even before we do anything, and I'll have title pulled because I don't want to go down the road and be slapped in the face with a big surprise. No surprises in real estate are, no, not, are no. not pleasant <laughs> ever. They're ever. never pre- they're <laughs> no. never pleasant. So you don't want to do that. Um, so liens against a property. What sorts of liens would you see as possibilities? Well, I mean, you could see a lien against the property where a client. Uh, had a major major renovation uh, on their property, and they decided not to pay that specific vendor for one reason or another. Right. Um, you could have you could have a tax lien. It could be a federal tax lien where a self employed borrower hasn't done their taxes in three, four, five years. And yes, we see those. Okay. Okay. Well, when we come back from the break, we'll continue talking about things to consider when going through a divorce. We'll also take your calls. The number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with the Red Hot Real Estate Show. 
Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming on MyTalk1071.com. You can also find this episode and previous episodes. Just go into our app, look in our podcast in case we hit something a little quick. You can always counsel text Mimi if you have something you're like, I had a question, but I couldn't call in right then. Yes. So here's what it is. Just text it to Mimi and she'll get back to you. 651-578-2218. Um, that'll also work as a phone. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Phil. So you and I were talking during the break about, you know, well, what are some of the the mistakes that you really see a lot of people making? And one of the things that we talked about was, you know, if you're if you're just going to refinance and then turn around in about a year and sell, why don't you just sell it in the first place? You got a story? Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Well, I mean, frequently I'll work with couples and one will do a buyout of the other. And here over the last year, I've literally had two of those refinances where the client has called me back and said, you want to know something? I just can't live in this house anymore. It reminds me of the past. And I go, I understand that. Now, in that specific case, if you're going to, if you're not going to like your home or you're going to feel your home doesn't have the vibe you want, then maybe you're better off instead of doing that refinance and buying out that spouse, you're better off just selling the house. Call Mimi. We'll work up two different mortgages for you. We'll help you buy two new homes and sell the other property. To me, that makes a lot more sense than you calling me back a year down the road. Not that I won't help you, but I would have asked the question, why, did, why didn't we do this first? And then you're not having to pay two different closing costs, right? You're saving some money Correct. in that way as well. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, so, Phil, like when you have somebody that calls you, uh, I know when when I've taken calls with, with someone who thinks who's telling me, I, I, I think I want to sell my house, you know, I'm going through a divorce. You know, I've even had people call me and say, you know, hey, I'm talking to you first. I haven't even told my spouse yet, which is, you know, awkward. But um, it does happen. And so, you know, folks are... When you're in an emotional turmoil like that, do use us as a sounding board. Um, we can kind of maybe guide you through with some answers to your questions or point you in the right direction to get the answers that you need. And oftentimes, you know, that might be just a referral for, you know, Phil to do mortgage refinances or what have you or an attorney or even a, an organizer. Um, you know, so we do have resources to help folks out there and we can always, always offer you a free market analysis, no obligation. Um, that is not a problem. So if you need something like that, you don't even know where to start to get the value of your house. That's an easy call. You can just reach out to us here at the Red Hot Real Estate Group. Again, 651-578-2218, or you can email Mimi at mnredhotrealestate.com. Phil, I... What what would you like to, to tell folks that they need to consider first and foremost? Well, I'm gonna, I've got a story, and this is a client that actually called me about a year and a half. And Mimi, I mean, you, you hit it out of the park with what you said, and I'm going to kind of reiterate it a little bit, is this client called me, is thinking about divorcing her spouse, and I listened to what she had to say, I listened to potential red flags. I then told her, okay, I see this as a potential red flag. You might want to talk to an accountant on this. 
you might want to talk to a financial planner on this. Have you considered this? So when a client calls me, um, my job is to listen to what they have to say, be compassionate to their situation. And it's, I'm not looking for a commission here. I'm really looking to help them and guide them and maybe give them the additional resources. And anybody can call me at any time that's in this position at 651-238-6748. I'd be glad to help you. At least I can listen to your story and tell you what I think. Okay. So I think that the moral of the story is to call early. Yes. You know, at at the end of the day, no matter what is going on, if you're having a problem and it's affecting where you live mm-hmm. um, and you see that that's going to be an, an issue, call and let's talk about it. Um, maybe you, you just talking about it will help fix some things. Right. And know? unfortunately, I think a lot of times when you're going through that process, you, you know, if things you're already going, I can't. And you have a lot of things weighing on your mind. You're trying to figure out the right answers. And it's a lot to carry all on your own. Right. So why not call and talk to an expert and just go, okay, let's just start figuring this whole thing out. Well, let's just talk about right now some of the things that drive people crazy that drive them to to divorce. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're in tight quarters, let's just say that now two people are having to work from home and and you're sometimes having to do school at home and you you don't have as much room as you once thought because now you're you're all up in each other's space. That is stressful. Or you just have a different aesthetic than your spouse. Yeah. And that just reminds you, okay, they're shabby chic and I'm ultra modern. And that just remi- it's just another reminder of the differences you might have yes. with one another. Well, you know, I, I know from personal experience, you know, I, I like to keep something very organized and clean. Mm-hmm. And er- everybody's definition of what clean is is different. <laughs> True. And- <laughs> For me, I want to eat off of that surface. That's what clean means to me. Fair enough. Um, But I understand that there's varying levels, and that's just how everybody is, right? Well, you know, you just need to maybe create some different spaces that you could do with uh, having different types of furnishings. Right. um, Just a shield, all Mm -hmm. sorts of different things that you can do to to lighten up the stress. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, headphones. You don't want to hear somebody all day long (laughs) talking about this, that, and the other thing and fill up their fishing talking about lures. I had Um, a a couple that I... (laughs) I had a couple that I saw they talked about because he really was in the video games. So they ended up putting up some sound dampening panels in the room that he played so that she didn't have to deal with his sound effects all the time so we get it sometimes you just have to be a little creative yes and i'm just going to tell you life is short yes if you want to move outside of minnesota Mm -hmm. and you've never done that before i say give yourself permission to do this phil's (laughs) license in all states right or many states i can i can i can help anybody throughout the whole continental united states Perfect. that's what i thought and you know there's no reason to be living in housing that that you no longer like or no longer serves you um phil what advice can you give folks that that what you think people should start with as far as what well if they're thinking about this and this is affecting them right now and getting information from you about options on mortgages. Well, the, the first thing people need to know is a phone call is free. Okay. It costs them nothing to talk with me. And I, I actually set up meetings sometimes with clients, and they'll come into my office and talk to me for an hour, and they'll go, Phil, oh, my gosh, 
It was awesome. What do I owe you? And I say nothing. All right. Um, now, of course, I'm a busy guy, so I'll, I'll, I'll work it into my schedule to meet with these people and talk through whatever issue they have. If it's if it's anywhere related to mortgage related, purchasing a home, refinance, new construction, but there's other issues. Well, well let's talk about what are those other issues along with what are you trying to accomplish? Okay. Well, I think that that's all very helpful in that, you know, we just want everybody to know that we are there for you if you're going through something like this and that we've helped other people go through it, too, and you're not alone. Uh, Be sure and reach out to us. Mimi at MN Red Hot Real Estate. You can also message us here through the station with your questions. Our keyword's Red Hot. Right. And text... Or call 651-578-2218. Right. There's no reason that you have to go through these things alone. 100%. And, and they, can get a, they can always get a hold of me at my email, phil at com, or my cell is available from 7 till 9, Monday through Sunday at 651-238-6748. And a reminder, you can always find this episode and previous episodes and get a hold of us. Just go to mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Paying bills on time? Not maxing out credit cards? Yes, give yourself credit. You can get closer to big goals like home ownership by taking small steps to build up your credit. Level up your credit knowledge at fannie slash credit education. Hey. 